Self-service is your cosmic comfort zone. An inner beauty school where self-care is celebrated, where getting real with emotions is a treat, and an interest in thoughtful, funny conversations, weird wellness, and astrology is unabashed. It's where being a little self-indulgent isn't just a shame-free act of love. It's a necessary launchpad into a life that's wholly ours. In a world where we feel good about taking up space. Here, we serve our hearts. We learn. We talk shit. We grow. And we tune the F up. Self-service. Hi, friends. How was your week? Was it really hard? Same. But all the more reason to settle in for a second and talk about self-care, right? I'm Jericho Mandiber, the Editorial Director of Girlboss, and I am learning so much from doing this show, and I hope you are too. Today, we're going to have a quick chat with El Huerta, who's the woman behind the self-care app Mend. She left Google to devote her life to spreading resilience in the face of breakups, really. And it's a really cool story, so I'm excited. Plus, we're going to roll into Pisces season this week, and that's about two big themes, boundaries and service. So astrology queen Jessica Lanyato is going to take us through exactly what that looks like later in the show. But by the way, we are reading all your DMs and ats and comments using the hashtag selfservicepodcast on Instagram and Twitter. So keep your self-care and or astrology ponderings coming our way. But right now, we're going to talk about a tarot card drawn especially to give us some insight into what we might be dealing with this week. The tarot card I've pulled is the Page of Wands. So what do we need to know? I think this might be our first court card that we've come up with since starting the show and the page represents the element of fire that we're all about potential and creative energy that hasn't quite come to life yet. It's an idea, it's a dream that our free-spirited little page is nurturing. Passion and new beginnings, excitement for what's to come are the big themes with this little dude. Their heart is really open to what's to come. So it's about restlessness and feeling that spark of intuition that strikes a match, so to speak, on your vision. And that doesn't have to be a serious vision like of world domination. It could just easily be a dream of going out into the world in like a really lighthearted, playful way and doing things and making things with like joy and abandon. Pages can be a little bit impulsive, but as long as you're not like hurting yourself and others, this card is really saying like, get excited and have fun. You have the opportunity right now to open up to the world in a new way and let the world open up to you. So just let yourself daydream about immersing yourself in like a fun new project or if you've been itching to travel, start thinking about how you want that journey to look. This isn't necessarily like a time to charge forward into action. It's just more about trusting that change is afoot and that you have all the creative potential and passion you could ever really want right at your fingertips. So the question is, what are you going to do with it? Let me know with the hashtag self-service podcast. I'm literally here all week. (laughs) Up next, we'll be speaking to El Huerta, the woman who left a six-figure job at Google to create an app all about self-care. 
today I'm excited to be speaking with someone the New York Times calls the personal trainer for heartbreak. That's El Huerta as the founder of Mend, an app and an online community that offers a self-care program catering to the brokenhearted. El is more than a little familiar with the benefits of self-care. So let's talk about it. Hi, El. Thanks so much for being on the show. Hi, Jericho. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Such a pleasure. So you've written before about leaving your, you know, really prestigious job at Google to found Mend. But for people that might not be familiar with your story, would you mind explaining, you know, the thought process that led to such a big um, career moment for you? Yeah. It was definitely, I feel like process is the key word that you just said. (laughs) It was definitely a process for me. I, you know, I think like a lot of people had been on autopilot, you know, throughout high school and even in college, just, I was very achievement oriented and, um, you know, I always had goals and I would work really hard to achieve those goals. And I think I just sort of hit a wall in my mid twenties where I realized I was kind of on a path a very corporate path, it felt like. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel like me. And I think I, over a series of really like years, I was able to kind of get in touch with who I really was and what I really wanted. And I just realized that it was actually very different from the life that I was living. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that there were wonderful things about where I was and the job that I had and, you know, the people that were around me, but I just felt like there was definitely some inauthenticity that I was I was feeling. And so that's sort of when I acted on it. And I, I realized that I needed to kind of change what I was spending all of my time working on. And that was what kind of triggered the leap from Google into, at the time, it was the unknown. I didn't start Mend immediately, yeah. but Mend was definitely kind of in the back of my mind. Amazing. It's like such a courageous leap to, to make. And um, what would you say a kind of the bits of like internal work, I guess, um, that helped you kind of reach that realization, as you say, and like come to that decision. Was there anything that you felt like really helped spur it on, you know, like particularly in relation to how you were, you know, maybe looking after yourself that kind of like led to that realization? So many things, Jericho. (laughs) I was like a (laughs) process of elimination. I feel like, um, Yeah, I think anytime you're sort of faced with a really difficult time or a lot of uncertainty, you're sort of looking for resources and support. And so I was, you know, reading everything I could get my hands on and, you know, Mm -hmm. reading all of the sort of self-help books. And um, I think what helped me most was turning inward. And I think that was in various formats. So like one way Mm -hmm. was I actually went to go see a therapist and, you know, was able to have Mm -hmm. one-on-one conversations and really kind of like unpack a lot of what I was going through and have a sounding board that wasn't, you know, someone in my family or, you know, my manager or my friend, um, Mm -hmm. but really someone who could provide more objective guidance. And then I think another really important tool that kind of helped me turn inward and focus more on what I wanted versus kind of what, what like the world wanted for me was meditation. Mm -hmm. So actually I got really into meditation, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe like five or six years ago and did a retreat and really ended up finding that that was a really valuable way to just kind of quiet all of the noise Uh and really connect with what I wanted. Wow. And how was the retreat experience? Was that the first time you'd done anything like that? 
It was, yeah. I had taken a um, an MBSR class, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction, mm-hmm. which was sort of John Kabat-Zinn is the kind of father of that in in the U.S. But I had taken a silent retreat. Have you ever done a silent retreat? Never, but I really want to. Okay, so I think you and I, you and I were talking about this. I think we're both, you know, we would consider ourselves to be more introverted. Mm-hmm. So as an introvert, I actually loved the silent retreat. But I remember it was so funny because it was a like a day long retreat that I did, and I did other ones that were longer that where you could actually talk to each other. But the silent mm-hmm. one was a day long, and you're sort of doing tasks throughout the day and, you know, sweeping, and then you would sit and do meditation as a group, and then you do walking meditation on your own. And when I got in the car with my friend who I'd gone um, to the retreat with, he just like couldn't contain himself and he he <laughs> talked the entire drive home back to San Francisco and he was like that was the hardest thing I've ever done like I can't believe that we didn't get to talk all day but for me I was sort of in heaven it was really <laughs> wonderful actually so <laughs> I think it depends on kind of your nature mm-hmm. um, whether or not you'll you know h- how it will affect you I think it affects everyone differently amazing I feel like I could not talk for weeks before it would start <laughs> no. getting old <laughs> Yeah. So, so obviously self-care is, you know, such a part of your, your life and your work now, but on a personal level, what does self-care mean to you? I think self-care for me is very much an intention. Um, and the follow through is important too, but I feel like there's so many times just like in any given week where I have the intention to take care of myself and I don't necessarily have either the time or the energy or whatever it is to actually follow through. But I feel like that first step, which is just wanting to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. and attempting to take care of yourself (laughs) is really important. And so I feel like I've actually, I've gotten so much, I'm like much easier on myself than I, I was maybe in my twenties. Um, And I just, as long as I can make an intention to treat myself with care and, you know, whatever that means, I feel like there's so many different forms of it. Mm. I feel like that is self-care to me. Amazing. And as a founder, you're obviously pretty busy all the time. How do you maintain healthy boundaries with work and personal stuff? And, And maybe like, how do you do that in a way that you, you know, really didn't do in the past and now I kind of have the opportunity to reset, I guess. Yeah, it's a really great question. I think I'm, I'm still figuring it out. One thing that has helped me, I think, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't always do this, but even when I was practicing self-care, when I was in my last job, or even when I first started MEND, um, I wouldn't always sort of express what I was doing or why I was doing it. And so I was sort of like a secretive Uh (laughs) self-care practitioner, Uh you know, I'd kind of like sneak off to go meditate or, you know, leave early and, you know, not mention kind of why I was leaving early. Maybe it was to go get, I don't know, a massage or whatever it was. And I feel like now I'm much more self-assured and I, uh, like, I don't, I'm not ashamed at all of taking time out of my day to do that. And we all are, I feel like so busy. Um, and I, I really mm-hmm. think that the only way you'll practice self care is if you really make the time for it. So I, I mean, I put it on my calendar, you know, when I first decided that I was going to put my meditation sessions on calendar, I actually told everyone that I was working with, like, this is like, I'm putting this on calendar. And it's not just a hold. I'm actually going to leave and I'm going to be in this room and you know, mm-hmm. that's where I'll be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was really important for me because 
it's almost, it just makes you more accountable in some way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to actually doing it. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'm like, yeah, more out in the open now about sort of how I practice self-care. Yeah. Which like you say, gives it so much more legitimacy and importance. And if I don't kind of schedule time to do things in that kind of more formal way, I won't necessarily do them. So that's a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the secondary benefit is like, hopefully, you know, leading by example, hopefully other people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. to do the same, you know, and that's sort of, we have that kind of established respect for that aspect of our life. And Speaking of men, like the community of people who use it are really passionate about it. Um, What have you learned about self-care and, you know, specifically resilience from the people that you've encountered since starting this journey with MEND? Oh, so much. I'm always amazed. You know, I hear stories every day about menders and sort of we always are meeting at the worst moment in their life, you know, usually right Mm -hmm. after a traumatic breakup or a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really tender moment. And I think I'm always just really amazed at how, just how much transformation happens in the period after they start mending. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really like one of the most beautiful things that I've learned and I continue to learn. And I mean, I experienced it myself, but I feel like heartbreak is such an incredible opportunity and it's a really a window into yourself if you're willing to look. And I think a lot of us, even me sometimes, like when something's really painful, you don't necessarily want to like do the work and dig in and like understand why you're feeling so much pain. Mm -hmm. But if you're willing to take a look and actually turn inward, I think that there's so many wonderful and beautiful things that happen after heartbreak. And that's really what I see every day in our community. You know, we hear so many stories of people who've gone through incredible transformations and you know, they've changed jobs or they reconnected with a family member or they just realized that, you know, maybe they didn't love themselves. And so they're kind of starting on that journey, but there's so many different mutations of it. But I think that's mm-hmm. the part that I find most amazing. And then when it comes to self-care, I think what a lot of people don't know about heartbreak, although I feel like it's coming out more and more, that there's a real science to heartbreak and, you know, your brain and your body change so much when you're no longer with this person that you loved. And it it really is, it changes your neurochemistry and your physiology. And so I feel like that's why self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's a really important part of what we do at MEND. And it's why I'm so passionate about it because it really is sort of the foundation and you really have to take care of yourself. Like you're, you know, sick because Mm -hmm. you are in a way, you know, it really, it really takes everything out of you as I'm sure, you know, we all do. We all do. So universal and <laughs> such an important point yeah. to, to end on. Elle, it's been so, so great having you on the show and talking to you. Thank you so much. And where can people learn more about MEND? Thank you so much, Jericho. You can learn more about MEND at letsmend.com. And you can follow us at Let's Mend on Instagram. And you can download MEND in the App Store. Amazing. Thank you again. Thank you. One thing you may not know about me is I literally always forget to wash my makeup off before bed, which is bad because I have sensitive as hell skin and I know I'm being super rough on it when I like hastily scrub off my eyeliner the day 
after with naught but water. Luckily, there's BioClarity, which is really easy on skin like mine. It's gentle enough to use twice daily without worrying about irritation. There's no harmful chemicals, just clarifying botanicals and Floralux. Floralux is interestingly derived from chlorophyll, aka the green stuff in plants. And it's full of antioxidants that help reduce redness and boost your obvious natural beauty. BioClarity is delivered straight to you at home and its three-step skincare ritual is not only so flippin' easy to use, it's 100% vegan and cruelty-free. So you can cleanse, treat, restore, plus hydrate with a lightweight skin smoothie moisturizer, in that order, with a clear conscience as well as clear skin. You can start a healthy new skincare routine and reap the benefits at bioclarity.com. And my listeners will get their first month for only $9.95 plus shipping. That's $20 in savings and it comes with a 100% money back guarantee. But you need to enter my code self-service. That's bioclarity.com. Enter the code self-service. I moved to LA not six months ago. And I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor in an empty space. I didn't have any time to buy furniture, let alone properly decorate. I was just sitting there with blank walls thinking, oh my God, why is this so hard? But that's because I was the sucker who hadn't yet heard of Havenly. Havenly is the most delightful way to design spaces in your home on any budget. And it works like this. After you do a super fun style quiz that determines your taste and your needs, you get partnered up with a real life interior designer and they help you imagine a little setup for yourself based on your unique style and space. Then you can buy what you love directly through the Havenly platform with access to hundreds of retailers and the guaranteed best prices. So basically, Havenly takes all the hassle out of designing a new space. It's the easiest, most helpful way to bring your cool decorating ideas to life, especially if you feel too overwhelmed to really go it alone. It's like having a cool interior designer best friend in your phone. Starting at just $75 per room, Havenly helps you every step of the way using your budget and your style to shape the design you want at a price that you can actually afford. Try Havenly today by visiting havenly.com slash self-service and get 25% off your first design package. That's havenly.com slash self-service for 25% off. That's spelled H-A-V-E-N-L-Y dot com slash self-service. Next, your fave astrologer, Jessica Lignato, is back with some knowledge on Pisces season. Jessica Lignato, girl boss astrologer and all around excellent woman. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Highlight of the week. Same. So tomorrow, meaning <laughs> February the 19th, it's the beginning of Pisces season, I hear. Um, what does that mean? What do we need to know? Well, you know, there's so much to know. And I'll even add a little extra thing in the pot for this particular week, which is on the 21st. Venus will sit on top of Neptune also in Pisces. So we have a lot of Pisces energy going on. Um, and the thing that's interesting about Pisces is Pisces likes to dissolve. Pisces is like a magical time person, sees 10 minutes on the clock and is like, I can take a shower, write a novel and get there on time. You know, Pisces is really <laughs> about, <laughs> um, Pisces is really about presence, but not necessarily physical presence, more spiritual presence or sense-based presence. And so 
when Pisces season happens, it's a great time for inspiration. It's a great time for the creative arts and it's a great time for social service. It's not exactly motivated by politics or ambition. It's motivated by what is right with your soul, which is really wonderful. Hard on, you know, it can be hard to manifest that energy in this, this world that we live in. But whenever Pisces energy comes at play in our life, it's a call for us to do that. And so boundaries, whenever I see Pisces season is up or there's a lot of Neptune or Pisces stuff going on astrologically, I'm always thinking, okay, it's time to get present and have healthy boundaries within that presence. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So I have some homework for you guys. Yes, um, more homework. Pay attention to boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's a simple... I've got, well, there's kind of two layers to my, my Pisces season homework for y'all. The first one is a simple three-step practice. Step one is refer back to your felt experience. Just remember to check in and be like, what am I feeling right now? When you're cyber stalking someone or you're obsessing on what someone else <laughs> thinks about you, as we do, um, remember to just take a pause and take a breath and refer back to what your experience. And then the second step is to validate that experience. That doesn't mean you're going to act on it. It doesn't mean that it's conclusive data. It just means mm -hmm. this is your experience at this moment and you have a right to validate that experience. And then mm -hmm. the third step with healthy boundaries is to make choices that reflect the balance between yourself knowing and your situation. Uh -huh. So, it's not all about just like doing what works for you, but it's also not all about doing what works for everyone else or what you think works for everyone else. Sure. Which brings me to my little extra tool for the homework, <laughs> which is something that I like to call an R&R &R list, which is your rights and responsibilities. R&R, &R. not rest and relaxation for this Capricorn. Damn. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. So exactly. <laughs> Welcome to the Capricorn mind, I say. <laughs> um, so the thing to do here is if you're not sure, you know, what are the boundaries of what's appropriate here? You've done your homework, you've referred back to yourself, you've checked in, but you still can't, can't quite gauge, am I taking up too much space? Am I not taking up enough in this dynamic or this situation? Then you can write out a list of what do you believe the other person's responsibilities towards you are? Uh -huh. What do you believe that they're right with you are mm. and then do the same thing for yourself and see if there's a discrepancy if you seem to think that you're owed something mm. but you don't feel responsible to give it or vice versa and that kind of information will help you make better choices and get better outcomes that is so interesting and so practical i think everybody should do that i'm definitely looking forward to doing that thank you what else is going on in the cosmos that we should know about this week well, we have, like I said, this Venus conjunction to Neptune on the 21st, and we also have a Mercury sextile to Saturn. And that transit will really be active the 20th through the 22nd. And the combination of this, these two, this, these two transits is really about having hope and making your hope practical. It's having a vision, whether it's romantic or creative or in terms of a, a kind of a vision around what service you want to provide for the world mm -hmm. and then finding a way to execute that vision. So this is actually can be a really inspired period for us 
The trick is to follow through with action, which is part of why I give you all such specific practical homework this week, because we can really get to a place where your internal experience is more reflected in your material life, which is kind of the goal, right? Is to have there be some sort of reciprocity between the two. And the astrology of this week will do that. And then of course, we're also still maybe reeling from the eclipse last week mm -hmm. and doing uh, our emotional integration from that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's what's going on this week in the stars. So much to ponder and act upon. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Online, you can find me at Jessica Lanyato on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You can also go to my website, which is lovelanyato.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Self Service. You can stay updated by following at Girlboss Radio or just a regular old at Girlboss on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow me at Jericho Mandiba. And my name is spelled J-E-R-I-C-O dot M-A-N-D-Y-B-U-R. And I'm also Jericho underscore M on Twitter if you're more of a Twitter person. I barely post anything though. Sorry about it. If you're enjoying this show, rate, review and share it so other people can find it. Okay, bye.